0: And welcome to The Huddle. Liam Santa Maria back with you, fresh off the news of the Sydney Kings hiring a brand new head coach. Mahmoud abdul Fatah is the new head coach for the Sydney Kings, following in the footsteps of Chase Buford, taking over the two-time defending champs, and excited to have him on the show today. We're going to get to know him. We're going to get to know how he wants to go about things in the Harbour City. So sit back, relax, up next... Mahmoud Abdel Fattah. Coach, good to see you, mate. Welcome to the NBL.
1: Assalamu alaikum, my man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.
0: Thank you. Peace be upon you as well, my man. Um, Welcome, man. what's, What's the response been to the news of your hiring from... All your people, your family, your friends, your, your all your connections through the NBA space.
1: I mean, it's I mean it's been amazing to be honest, Liam. I mean, everybody that I from my college teammates uh, to college coaches uh, to everybody in Houston to family friends. Let's just say I've I've had to stay away from the phone, uh, and I'm planning to get back to everybody uh, tomorrow. So I'm saving one time slot to respond to everybody. But it's been good, you know, being in the NBA uh, last year, um, everyone thought I was just going to stay around and uh, they were in, in awe uh, and in shock, uh, but I- I'm very happy, man. I'm very happy and uh, looking forward to it.
0: Love it. So you've, you flipped the script, essentially. You flipped the script and said, you know what, I'm going to head over to the other side of the world. I'm going to do this, this thing. Is that kind of like, is that in your nature or are you, are you a uh, risk taker?
1: I, w- I would like to say so. Uh I would like to say so definitely. I I'm, I'm one Liam and it's it's got me to where I am. I if you give me a call and there's an opportunity, I'll leave within 5 minutes. The Uber will be on its way and I'm headed to the airport. So I th- I think that's what's gotten me to where I am today.
0: Okay, nice. Um so how are you feeling about the move? You know like um you're obviously, you're from Chicago. Spent some time out of Chicago, spent some time in Minnesota. You spent some time in Texas. Now you're going to Australia. You're going to Sydney a long, long way away. How are you <laughs> feeling about that as a career and a life move?
1: First off, I'll tell you, when, uh, when I got the first phone call from CP a couple weeks ago, I was like, yeah, sure, Sydney sounds good. Like, who knows? We'll see what happens. And then we go through the interview process, and then the first interview happens. I tell my wife, yeah, hey, the first interview went well. Who knows? This might be uh, something legit. They call me back and say, hey, the ownership group wants to meet with you. I'm like, hey, we should really start looking at Sydney just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been great, man. Just uh, like I said, I mean, never – I didn't ever expect, you know, to be in Minnesota, never expected to be in Houston, Texas. Liam, you just never know where the basketball can take you, and it's it does amazing things. I mean – it's taken me literally all over the world and obviously continues to do so, uh, but more so than just where it takes me. Just, you know, the people and the lives that I'm able to impact in a positive way, uh, which I'm looking forward to do. And, you know, I've been in the U.S., uh, obviously been to the Middle East. Now just being able to go to Australia, a different continent, and just be able to connect uh, with the people in Sydney. And I'm looking forward to learning about the culture, learning about the lifestyle, uh, and hopefully everyone over there will embrace me. So, I'm looking forward to it, mate.
0: <laughs> good, good stuff, mate. Uh, we, um, I've, got, I've got a couple of kids that are in primary school, elementary school here in, in Melbourne. And uh, one of the things they do at school when they start a new topic that they're going to learn about, is the teachers get to try to find out from the kids what is it you already know? What is it you already know about this topic? And then we can work out what we need to kind of investigate and learn about. What is it you already know about Sydney and Australia? I know
1: it's one of the uh, top five safest places in the world, Um, if I'm not mistaken. uh, Mm -hmm. I know it has one, if not the most beautiful beaches uh, in the world. Um, That comes from my wife. Uh, She's a... San Diego bred born and raised, so she loves the okay. beaches.
0: Uh, you know <laughs> so she's Bonnet. done a little
1: more in depth. Uh, let's see what else. Australia is number one in the world with the most poisonous creatures.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, Tim Tams is better than Kit Kats. <laughs> and we'll just, uh, we'll leave it at that. I know it's, okay. it's just a beautiful place overall. Great people. Um, yeah, so it's, I know a little of everything.
0: What about, what about the league? What what have been your impressions of the league up until this point?
1: So I've actually uh, I've had the opportunity. Um, I guess we're going into the porn part now, eh? the reason why I'm coming over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've, I've been familiar with the NBL, especially since uh, coaching uh, William McDonald White. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played for me, obviously, for the RGB Vipers. And yep. I understood what the, uh, the NBL was. You know, Will Weaver coaching there. Um, checking in on a few of the games here and there. Uh, But I've actually had the opportunity to watch uh, a handful of games from last season, um, talk with some of the guys individually, uh, and obviously preparing just for this process. Liam, I'm one where if there's something that uh, is coming up, it doesn't matter what it is, uh, whether it's a new job, uh, a move, a vacation, I'm going to do as much research as possible and I'm going to try to talk to as many people as possible just to give me some insight. And uh, I talked with a number of scouts about the NBL um, doing my research. It's the closest thing, honestly, to the, to the NBA and just the way that it's set up. Obviously, coaching in the G League and the NBA, they have the next stars format. They have player development players. And it's similar to the G League and the NBA with the two-way assignments the exhibit tens and, you know, and all be all the guys at the end of the bench that are first round draft picks. And speaking of draft picks on the night of the draft, let the NBL is just like that. I mean, guys are coming from the States that want to come there to get drafted instead of, you know, going to college because they see it as an avenue to grow and you're playing against guys that have been pros for five, 10, 15 years, they have great professional experience that you can't get at the collegiate level. So um, there's, there's great coaching. I've seen a number of different teams. They, they, do, some, they do some great things. Um, there's some great talent. Um, and then the fan base uh, compared to what the G is, I think the fan base over there in Australia is uh, taken to another level. So I'm looking forward to the atmosphere um, at home and on the road.
0: Nice. When you, were, you said you watched a few games from last season. Did you watch some of the grand final series, the championship series?
1: Oh, I watched. I watched uh, all five games. I watched every game. Uh, so okay, because
0: because your man yeah. Will McDowell Watt was kind of for me. He was the key to the series. You're gonna need a kind of scout for, sure. for him. You you know because he's just getting better and better over here right now.
1: 100. percent 100. percent I mean that's that's honestly that's why we I mean, we brought him to the states. I mean we thought he was, uh, and I still think he's an NBA player. I can honestly, if we if we like go back and scroll through the text messages of when I would send reports, he just was dealing with uh, injury. Uh, I mean, he, it was to the point where he could not play beyond 15 minutes a game in yeah. the two years that he was with me. Right. So it's like, I mean, what can you do with that? You can't truly give an evaluation. You're not going to invest millions of dollars on a, a guy that potentially can't stay healthy. But the one thing I, I would always tell him, I was like, his feel – is like no other. He does not get sped up. You cannot slow him down. You can. He's going to play at his own pace. It does not matter who is guarding him or what you're doing to him defensively. And some of the passes that he was making, especially in our system, and I think Houston and RGV is some of the best, like just in the NBA overall, of playing the same way. Yeah. The way we space the floor, we have a rolling five. Uh, we know what we want to get. And he understands where everybody is on the floor. And he was just hitting guys left hand, corner pass, right hand lob from half court. Some of those passes, I'm like, no! Yes, yes, good job, Will, (laughs) excellent.
0: (laughs) Nice, yeah, well, I mean, Coach Mayor in New Zealand is putting him in a lot of those types of situations now. And he's developed the float game, he's now punishing the D for slipping under and shooting that thing with some confidence. So, Yeah. Hold on, Liam, hold on, hold on.
1: He's already had that flow game from RGV, baby. Uh, Now he's just healthy. (laughs) Okay.
0: Credit where it's due. (laughs) So when you talk to William
1: McDonald White, you tell him he's got all that from there, baby.
0: (laughs) I was um I was sitting there I was sitting there in the stands in Las Vegas when he had his summer league opportunity with the Rockets and he had that ankle injury. And just just couldn't put his best self out there on the floor, unfortunately. So, yeah, anyway, that's, that's Will McDowell. We could talk for ages about Will McDowell. Why? You, um, you were talking before about... Well,
1: let me tell you about that, Liam, real quick. Just a Go quick ahead. few seconds. So with his injury, though, in his two years, all he would do was shooting. Mm-hmm. And I tell everybody to help, and things happen for a reason. God has a plan. All he could do was stationary shooting from NBA three. And you right. think about like, and I see him, his shot mechanics, how they've improved. So he would shoot 50 to hundred free throws and shoot 253s. Cause he could do nothing else. Right.
0: And,
1: exactly it, what he it, did. And, and you know, and, and the form shooting and the floaters, cause mm-hmm. he would just be in front of the rim, no jumping. Right. And this was all he would do. And I wasn't the one working out because I was the head coach at the time. We'd have our player development coaches Right. But we would communicate on what he was doing, but that's all he could do. And lo and behold, I think I mean it's I think it's helped him. I'm I'm happy for him. He he deserves the best. It's all because of the guy that he is. It's nothing with me or the coaches. Great individuals will always succeed because they're always willing to be coached and listen for, to feedback. So he's a great I, young man.
0: I, I think he's a sneaky chance to make this Boomers team for the for the World Cup. They got camps coming up. He's in the squad. There's always someone that goes to these camps, and it was, it was, I can say, now former Sydney King, great Xavier Cooks, who was kind of this shot guy a couple of years back. Go into camp, people don't think necessarily they're going to make the team, but they just bring exactly what is needed. So I think he's a sneaky champ.
1: For sure. And trust me, he's one that you can just give him the opportunity, and you're going to be like, man, we didn't know he was this good.
0: For real. Um, you were talking before about like um, the league... And, and it's sim- similar in nature to your experiences in the G League. Paul Smith talks about this all the time, about how, you know, he said, we, we need to be realistic. Everyone wants to play in the NBA. And everyone wants to make money as a pro and make big money and maximize what they can achieve. And he said, what we like to do is kind of position it. We're, we're like an intersection within the basketball landscape. I'm sure he had this kind of conversation with you, And they've positioned themselves as a, as, as a team that is like, listen, come to us, we will help you get better and we'll help you to maximize your potential. That might be here with us, or it might be going to the NBA, it might be like uh, Jalen Adams and Jarrell Martin getting big payday in the EuroLeague. Um, and it feels like it's, you know, you look at Will Weaver, Chase Buford, now you, these are guys who have had experience and done really well at the G League level, coaches of the year, G League champions these types of experiences because you've obviously been working with guys like you said uh, exhibit 10 two-way guys who are with you then all of a sudden they're not with you and you're trying to elevate them up to the next level it feels like they're they're onto something here that's working well
1: 100 100 yeah he's i mean he's exactly right and the more and more people that i talk with liam they truly just said it's I mean, there's, I don't know how many, but there's a number of draft picks that will be playing in the NBL this coming season. And it is for coaches, for uh, for players. It's similar to where I was in the G uh, six years ago, Liam. And I, I can't remember exactly, but I think there was only like 18 or 20 teams. And now there's 31 teams in the G League. And the NBL is just continues to grow just where it's been in the last couple of seasons. You mm-hmm. know, now... You can read stuff and watch games on ESPN and read articles here and there. Um, so it's, and that's why basketball is so beautiful. It's a, it's a global game, but you know, the NBL, I mean, who knows? I, I can only imagine, I'm sure a few years from now, there'll probably be 15, 16, 18 teams going over there. And with their just pathway of like development and sending guys over to the NBA, I mean, I don't see why there wouldn't be multiple guys coming over and, increasing the number of next stars just like the nba increased the number of two ways from two to three
0: hey i'm here for it um let's let's take a minute here to just learn a little bit more about you you know like uh your family your journey kind of what makes you tick you mentioned your wife before from san diego she's she's going to be coming with you and enjoying the surrounds there around bondi beach tell us a little bit about about you 100%. No,
1: great question, Liam. Um, So I'm I'm born and raised from Chicago. Uh, I come from a large family. I have three older sisters, uh, two older brothers and a younger brother. So I have six siblings. Um, So, you know, when when we are growing up, I'd like to say we're one of the most competitive families I've been around. Um, (laughs) Whether it's first one in the house, first one to finish eating, first one uh, on the floor, and all of my siblings, sisters and brothers, uh, played basketball. You know, obviously some are more talented and some more competitive than, than others, but we would always go out uh, on the, to the garage, uh, shoot hoops. We'd be in the front yard playing football, playing baseball, and we're just a very competitive family. Um, so that's a little about my siblings. Um, I lost my mom, God rest her soul, at the age of 19. Um, losing my mom just really um, taught me a lot about life. Um, She was a great individual, hardworking individual. Uh, Her and my dad were both immigrants to the United States. You know, they came from uh, Palestine uh, in the late 60s, early 70s. And they had it hard, uh, Liam, you know, I have it easy. I mean, they sacrificed to make a better life for their kids. And uh, fortunately enough, I'm very thankful for them. And they did. And the biggest thing for me, uh, Liam, where I am today, uh, and I tell everybody, you know, coaching, is what I do, uh, it's not who I am. Um, being who I am, uh, I'm a Muslim first, uh, I'm a husband, brother second, and then I'm a basketball coach. And being Muslim has helped me become a better individual just in society. Um, make sure that I'm treating everybody with respect. Um, never treat people based on what's in their bank account or based on their title. Um, anytime that you see somebody, you can change somebody's life with a, with a good morning and You know, religiously is a big thing for me. And just bringing a smile to somebody's face, uh, you get rewarded. It's a good deed. And I'm one of the most energetic, positive um, guys that you'll ever be around. Um, I just got off the phone with Angus Glover. We were talking about how he handles losses and how to other guys. And I said the biggest thing in life is just exactly that. Never too high, never too low, because if – you, if we lose a game and you go sulking it for 24 hours, the guys are able to put that behind them, can get the extra work in, and they'll have that step ahead of you. And five months down the road, if we've lost the same amount of games, Liam, that one person that handles the losses just like they do wins has gotten in 30 to 40 extra workouts where that other guy that doesn't handle it too well Monday morning is still sleeping in. Because he's still thinking about the loss last night where that other guy has gotten in at 6 a.m. And that's who I am. It's You can never be too high, too low. I've been on some of the worst teams. I've won championships. And I tell every person, it doesn't matter what happens. As long as you learn from it, it will always be successful. The outcome of it is not going to determine if it's a failure or a success. It's how you react to it. So that's how I come out in life. So I want to make sure that everybody understands it. And I just try to be a positive person around everybody and bring light to everybody's day. God bless. Really cool.
0: Thank you really for listening. Cool. Well, you're doing, you're doing that to me today, and I'm enjoying it. Um, you're going to love Coach and Angus Glover.
1: I'm looking forward Let to what tell- I heard. I'm looking forward Let to it. Let me
0: tell you. Are you familiar with his backstory?
1: Uh, yeah, he, uh, literally. We, uh, we, we touch base and the difficulties of injuries that he's been through, uh, the ACL injuries and him growing up in Illawarra. Um, playing over there uh, for that team. And but yeah, he, he's told me a lot through that through those times.
0: People here are a little sick of hearing this from me because I talk about it all the time. I'm not sure whether he told you this, but after having um, multiple surgeries on his ACL, when he had to have the third one, um, he'd run out of bits of his hamstring to use in the surgery. So are you aware of this? They took some hamstring out of his dad's leg and used that to kind of fix up his knee. So he's running around. What he did in the grand final series last season, played a massive role in getting that Sydney Kings, that second straight championship banner. He did that with a piece of his dad's hamstring in his knee, getting that done.
1: 100%. He he said, he's like, my dad uh, also considers himself a champion as well (laughs) because of it. (laughs)
0: Love that. So that personality that you just laid out, how did you find when you started talking with CP and you started talking with Luke Longley and Andrew Bogut and Paul Smith, how did you find that your personality and who you are started to jive with those guys and the organization as a whole?
1: Honestly, you can just see the energy uh, from Luke, uh, from Paul, uh, CP. So I met CP seven, seven years ago. Uh, we connected. And, you know, he's kind of got to understand just through mutual uh, friends and connections, just the individual that I was. But I've never spoken to Luke. Uh, I've never uh, spoken to Bogat. I've never spoken uh, to Paul Smith, Robin. Uh, It was the first time just throughout the process. But they're phenomenal people. Uh, You can tell what they're about. Um, Enjoyable people to be around. You know, family first. Um, You know, they're assured that they're going to make sure me and Janine, you know, are safe, because I just reiterated multiple times that she's the most important thing to me, and I want to make sure that she's safe. As long as she's safe and she's happy, I'm going to put the work in. I'm going to be the best coach that I can be, and everything's going to take care of itself. But you can just see the energy from them. And Paul Smith asked me uh, on the interview process, he's like, do you have an off switch? When he's asking me that, you know I got some juice.
0: (laughs) for sure so alright to finish up then now that you've got a bit of a sense of them and you've watched the tape from them you've chatted to Will you've chatted to Chase you know about how you like to operate how, how would how, how would you like the Kings to play this upcoming season uh, when, when, the, when Kings fans come to Kudos Bank Arena and watch their team what do you hope that they are watching seeing and feeling through that experience
1: I, I true. I want the fans to have fun and feel like they're a part of it. And, you know, I want I want the players to be able to embrace, you know, the fan and the sports that we have. By I'm gonna, they're gonna play with a ton of freedom. Uh, I want them to, to be able to use the energy of the fans. You know, when they make a three, when they get a big dunk, when they get a defensive stop. You know, just to be able to express themselves um, because I do think, uh, you know, a lot of guys, you know, because it's like you don't want to express, you know, obviously negatively when. Things go bad you don't want to when things go good. But I feel at times when things are going good on the floor, you should because it also brings your teammates along for the ride. And so it's not only about you, it's it's for the entire Sydney Kings community. Um, So we're going to play with a ton of freedom, uh, Liam. Uh, On on the offensive end, uh, you're going to see a ton of threes. Um, You're going to see a lot of athleticism uh, with the spacing. And then defensively, you're just going to see our guys just get after and you know, don't play hard and we need the entire community. Um, when we win and we succeed, it's everybody in Sydney. It's n- not just the guys uh, on the floor.
0: Love it, awesome. Well, you've got got a little bit more work to do, you and CP and the group in terms of finalizing the roster. You've still got, you, you guys don't have a next star uh, locked in for next season. So we're gonna have some conversations in, in that regard, get to see if we can get something happening there. But um, once you get all that done, I guess you're going to hit the ground running. You're going to go to summer league. I, yep. I, yes, I'm I will out. be there. Okay, so I'll see you there. there. <laughs> and then when are you getting? When are you getting into market? When are you going to put your? You and Janine going to put your feet down in Sydney?
1: Uh, we haven't finalized the date, but we're we're going to be in last week of July. We will be coming in. Uh, you know, just figuring out some logistical stuff, but we will uh, we'll be coming in uh, last week of July and. The more we talk about it, I think we're going to come in sooner and sooner so we have some time to get settled in and go enjoy Sydney before we have to get started.
0: (laughs) Love it. Love it. Hey, it's been awesome getting to know you, man. And uh, as I said off the top, welcome to the NBL. We're happy to have you. No doubt the Kings fans feel the same way. And all the best moving forward.
1: Thank you, Liam. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward uh, to coaching the Sydney Kings over the next couple of years and being around the community. So, salam Alaikum.
0: All right. Cheers.